Welcome to Going Outside, the podcast about going outside. For months, we've been told to stay home, social distance, and not go outside. Now that the world is going back to normal, let's talk about what people think. On today's episode, we're talking to someone right from the front line, a doctor, a hero, although he's not going to like that I said that. Hi, Tara. Hi, Mona. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I, I can't wait to do this podcast. I heard you say hero, and I promise you that <laughs> you're correct. <laughs> Here I am. I don't think any of us consider ourselves heroes at all. I think it's just, you know, you're, you're, you happen to find yourself in the middle of, of a mess, and it happens to be what you do for a living, and you either step up to the game or you retire. You do one of the two. You know, we're all very grateful to you. I mean, you say this with great humility, but the truth is you took care of us in one of the very difficult moments of history. So thank you for that. Well, thank you. Thank you, Mona. It has been difficult for everybody, I'm sure. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Okay. So my name is Tore Yusuf. I'm, uh, I'm an Egyptian from Alexandria. I currently live in Phoenix, Arizona, and as you've already introduced me, I'm a physician by profession and anesthesiologist. And uh, in my private life, I'm, uh, I've been married to Shaneen for 20 many years, I think 28 years now, and we have three daughters. Oh, one of them is keeping her way into, towards grad school, and the other one is keeping her way out of high school towards college. We've lived in L.A. for close to 10 years and Phoenix for about uh, 20, and we've spent uh, parts of our lives uh, both, both alone and with family in certain parts of the Middle East as well. But we reside in Arizona, and we're having a great time here. How has COVID been for you at home? So um, it's, it's, it's hard to separate the doctor from the father or the husband um, at home because it, it seems like it's a big continuum um, all over. And, and when, you've, when you've done a, a long shift in the middle of a pandemic, it's hard to just come home and, and break away from it and turn into um, you know, a, a, a lay person, if you will. Um, but at home, it's, you know, it was, you know, fortunately things are breaking now and you know, my, the whole family's been vaccinated and, and things are easing up, but mm-hmm. um, it's been tough. It, it, was, it was a tough uh, year and a half. And um, uh, I think the, the hardest part is restructuring one's life to um, both the, the physical restraints of, the, of this pandemic as well as the emotional restraints and, and also spending the whole time, um, you know, battling uh, your daily life with the signs that you know and the fear of becoming a victim yourself. So were there times where you were coming home and thinking, am I bringing something sinister home to my family? So in my garage, I had five small wall hooks. Every, on every hook hung a, a paper bag with a, an, an N95 uh, mask in it. And I would alternate. So every fifth day, I would wear a different, you know, wear the mask, and hoping that you know both the Arizona heat as well as um, the mask being um, away from the disease would clean it, mm-hmm. um, which is one of the recommendations. And 
Um, all my, my clothes would come up in the garage. I would go straight to the shower. Um, and uh, I would, you know, when I leave the hospital, I would change scrubs, change my dirty scrubs into new scrubs, come home, um, get rid of those new scrubs, go straight to the shower, wear my normal clothes, and then repeat every single day for the last year and a half. Um, it was a basically don't touch him. He's infected until he's taken his you know, 20 minute shower. And um, that was a, a difficult thing. That's a whole new layer of stress. Yeah, that was an additional personal layer of stress because I'm always afraid of bringing it home and infecting somebody and, God forbid, you know, killing a member of my own family. He just didn't know, and this was pre-vaccine as well. Yes. Um, We, uh, you know, had our masks, we we had our protection. My wife and I concentrated many, many times um, separating the bedrooms, and finally we said, you know what, this is practically not going to be possible in your daily life. What am I going to do? Just go into a prison in my own home. So we decided that we just got to take the precautions and just go for it. And we were fortunate that um, we weren't infected until probably about um, maybe nine months ago. My college student uh, did contract COVID. Fortunately, oh. she is uh, 19. Mm-hmm. So She's one of the younger age, healthy people that, that were at low risk. Um, she spent 10 days uh, um, in, uh, in quarantine in her room. And it was very funny because she basically, you know, the bedrooms were isolated. And so she she had her own space, and we would, which was upstairs. And we, would, um, we had all the mats down at the bottom of the stairs. And, and there was a door leading to her bedroom. And everybody who wanted to pass on something to her, like food, carry up the tray with their mask on, put it on the outside of the stairs before she opened the door so that she could have her food, and then the empty tray would be left outside, everything was straight to the trash, gloves on, etc. So she she felt like she was, uh, you know, she, she had leprosy. So I, I um, uh, the stories I think are, are, are very similar, the, the social isolation, the difficulties there in an age where, you know, social um, structures so important for, for kids that age. Um, so that was, that was kind of how we lived at home. And you know, Target, what you're saying is so relatable. We kept hearing children are not affected by COVID. Do you feel that the children are not affected by COVID? So I, I am a pediatric anesthesiologist by advanced training, but I actually take care of all ages. Um, both adults and kids and pregnant people and head to toe in both ages. The, the children are affected. Um, they're affected physically and they're affected mentally. Yes. And they're affected physically in that if you talk to any pediatric intensive care doctor, they will tell you that especially recently they've isolated um, a, a specific systemic illness that happens in children. It's a systemic inflammatory illness that happens in children as a result of their being infected with uh, with the virus. And that lands them, uh, can land them in intensive care. So children, even though the rates are much lower, fortunately, um, because they have a more intact immune system and they're more intact without you know, any additional diseases, they generally do better. But not everybody comes through um, space. And, and, you know, it's playing Russian roulette. You just don't know if a child gets COVID, if they're going to be one of the many, many, many who do great or one of the very, very few 
course. And yes, that's do true. we take a chance like this? I, I argue absolutely not. Um, mentally, I think, is the biggest thing. You know, there's the isolationism of the disease. Schooling is, you know, highly affected. Um, and I remember that my, my kids' school was telling us that, I think this was, I think, in the first nine or ten months of the pandemic, the school was telling us that if they miss a year of school, such as the one they missed, it's going to take roughly two to two and a half years um, to make up the educational gap that they mm -hmm. have missed. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it, it, that may be doable in somebody who's a fifth or sixth grader, but somebody who is a year away from college or already in college, you can't make that up. You, you can't make that time up. You can't make that type of education. There isn't enough time to make it up before you head to university. Absolutely not. And even in university, there's not enough time to, to gain all of that. And even, it's, and it's not just a matter of the, 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 the topics that the census is studying. This is where group projects are happening. This is where socialization is happening. Um, you know, you go to your workplace, you work in teams, and none of that team education, you know, the, 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 the hive mentality of, of working together uh, is developed sufficiently. And, you know, fortunately, overall, the, the, their age is younger, and, you know, there will be catch-up time for them. But it's still a very difficult thing to have to catch up to in addition to learning new information. So so there is that, and there's, so there's the physical and there's the mental. And, and I'll add to it another layer of the mental isolationism is not all children are healthy. Children these days um, tend to be diagnosed with a lot more psychological slash psychiatric problems, mm -hmm. the depression, the bipolar, um, the suicidal uh, 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 disorders, etc. And those numbers have gone up. Kids that, that are at home, just like adults that may be stuck at home, are also at risk for developing self-destructive behavior, things like using additional alcohol, drugs, um, even marijuana, um, which in many places, you know, here in the United States is horrendous for us. It's growing in many, many states now. It's mm -hmm. become legal. But, you know, it's well known amongst the psychiatrists. And one of the places that, that I work is a behavioral health hospital where I've had fortunately a lot of contact with psychiatrists who will tell you that marijuana has increased the, the risk of uh, psychosis in people with depression, um, especially continued use, people that are depressed that are, don't have psychotic behavior do develop that new as a result of marijuana dependency. And people that are isolated in their homes who have nothing else to do, who, who don't have distractions and social socialization, will tend to do this. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a huge, huge problem. Uh, suicide has gone up. Family problems have increased. You know, the husband and wife, as one of your, your guests in the other podcast alluded to, husbands and wives are not used to living together 24-7 for no. almost two years. Yes. People come and go and people have shared experiences. What we have seen, you know, one of the services that, that I work in is the, is the trauma service, and we have a level one trauma center at the hospital. And, and you know, the, 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 the trauma surgeons will tell you that we have seen a lot less accidents because people are leaving their homes obviously. Mm -hmm. These unfortunately have been replaced with a lot of domestic violence and shootings have gone down because gangs aren't in the street but people still possess firearms they possess weapons such as knives and kitchen 
enough. <laughs> women have had enough. <laughs> they, need to, they need to be following them into every room of the house. <laughs> Maybe I should have listened to my wife and taken the bedroom. <laughs> The wife will get you. <laughs> How do you see the path back from that? What do you think the next year looks like? Well, I don't know. I'll, 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 I'll be frank with you when I say that. I don't know for several reasons. I live in a state that's only, you know, even though people are giving out vaccines for free, Arizona is only 40% vaccinated. That's very Africa low. is 1% vaccinated. Because as long as it's emergency 
cannot afford it. Flights go in and out, back and forth, and it is to everybody's benefit that everybody gets vaccinated. With only 1% of Africa being vaccinated, it puts us all at risk. Okay. Um, and we saw what happened in India. India wasn't very well vaccinated. Mm. They ended up producing the Delta variant over there, and it was a right um, territory for it to, to erupt. And, and now it's the number one variant in the whole world. So unless we, we mitigate these new strains from cropping up by, by lowering the general uh, uh, surge of the, this disease worldwide, um, there may be a gamma variant, an epsilon variant. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what the next one's going to be. Delta may not be the last of the, of, you know, the end of the story. So I think the takeaway from our chat today is get vaccinated and listen to your wife. <laughs> Tare, thank you so much for chatting with me today. My pleasure, Mona. My pleasure. Hopefully your next podcast with me will be something a lot more fun. Yes, we'll be like on the beach somewhere. Everybody's vaccinated. <laughs> no more COVID. <laughs> Thanks, Carter. Thanks for thanks for listening.